check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Tim and Nick. Happy holidays, everyone. It's the last show of 2022. Exciting way to end the year with some St. John's basketball. In this episode, we're going to look back at the Villanova loss, and we'll look ahead to the Xavier and Seton Hall matchups. Guys, how's it going? How are your Christmases, respectively? Uh, it's great for me. Got to watch my uh, daughter open up a lot more gifts than I realized we had for her. <laughs> you like the, surpri- the, the classic surprise dad. No, no, no. It was uh, I helped wrap like half of it, but Sarah's like, uh, she's like, oh no, it's it's not that much. We really didn't get that much for her. And also, I kept like taking it out of the storage, <laughs> putting it away, put. Gotcha. Another put it, and I, was, I looked at her like the couch is full. I'm like this is a lot. I was like, that's, that's good. She deserves it. Yeah, she had a blast with it. She got her gifts from us. She got her gifts from Santa. She got her gifts from my parents and my uh, in laws. So she had a blast, and she's gonna be getting more soon. So very much so. We still haven't given her stuff. We gotta go see her. Yeah, Nick, how was your Christmas? Uh, my Christmas is all right. Sadly, my girlfriend came down with COVID the day before, and Rats. I usually split. Well, actually, the day of, actually. But uh, so I usually split it, and you know, it was good. I still got to go to my family. I made a stop by her family, did a little white elephant action with her family for the first time. They get really into it, which is real fun. White elephants yeah. can be fun, yeah. If everybody's into it, and white elephants really fun. Yeah. So you know, had a good time, had a good uh, holiday season. All right, that's good. Yeah, my Christmas was good too. I obviously I saw Nick, Tim. Didn't see you yet, but we'll you know, uh, we'll celebrate. I guess by sharing the gifts with Maddie. Is how we'll celebrate the Christmas season here between Christmas and New Year's. But anyway, let's get anybody into some. Get, hey, anybody get any St. John's gear? Oh uh, well, you yeah, I was gonna get into my question. You gotta let me ask my question. Oh, <laughs> all right. So the question today uh, is, what was your favorite Christmas present that you received this year? Now, I didn't actually receive any St. John's gear, Tim, to answer your question. But I did not either. Um, I, was ho- I was hoping somebody would have a St. John's gear answer to this question, but clearly you're, you're the only one left here, Tim, who could have that answer. Preliminarily, uh, did you? Did you receive so, any St. John's gear? Or aside from the favorite, did you receive any St. John's gear? So uh, I can't say if it's going to be my favorite or not because just like getting anything that's St. John's gear from uh, the bookstore, it's delayed till January, so. <laughs> Always my, good. My, Always yeah. good. So, uh, getting shorts, uh, some basketball shorts. And nice, nice. Not getting here until January. 13th, yeah, that's, you know, that's always fun. I, I, my gift for Nick, actually, just came today in the mail, so. <laughs> I, delayed presents always, uh, always are not fun, but it's the nature of delivery in, uh, 2022, so. Uh, it happens. It happens. But, do you uh, have, can you, what is your favorite gift then? So far, uh, we'll, we'll call it so far. Pretty easy. I'm actually wearing them right now. Uh, my wife got me new headphones, over-the-ear headphones for podcasting. They look very nice. Yeah, they it's look very, very comfortable. Nice. Comfort- comfortability is key as well, so that's good to hear that they're comfortable and, and that hopefully you can hear. Sounds like you can hear anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick, what do you got? What was your favorite Christmas present this year? So I want to give two honorable mentions. Uh, look at one, Craig's one, not here. He's got to fill in for breaking the I got to do it for somebody. So one honorable mention is your gift, which was uh, Pokemon Stadium for the N64. Yeah, good one. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. I didn't grow up with an N64, <laughs> but I've been slowly building my collection since college. 
Um, and you also gave me two controllers, so that's awesome. You can play sometimes. Well, I figured I want I wanted to play myself, so <laughs> I needed to make sure you had the controller. That's definitely my honorable mention. Um, but my favorite gift, again, I'm gonna deviate from the thing because I got I, I've been playing golf a lot the past two years. Ever since the pandemic hit, me and my girlfriend we picked up golf a lot more. Um, so I got a golf net, like a chipping net, from my girlfriend Melissa. Shout out her. That's a good one. And then my parents got me and her, because she also golfs, as I mentioned. They got us, like, uh, at Golf Tech, like a swing evaluation. Nice. That's so cool. So I'm really excited about that. Very, very excited. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I mean, for if, you know, if you're into golf, that's a great gift. That's a good, uh, good to learn, yeah. right? It's, it's gonna, they're going to they're gonna tell you some tips you need. Yeah. Who knows? And then, maybe uh, I'll be on the tour. Yeah, he can, uh, he'll tell you. You still have time. Yeah, the guy will be like, ah, oh, you know, you're, uh, you're, your shot off the tee isn't great and go, well, I got a hole-in-one. How many do you have? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, exactly. You did get a hole-in-one, even though none of us saw it. It actually happened. And then yelled at him. I, well, yeah, he was, he was hot-dogging it, you know? He was hot-dogging it. He had to be yelled at. I had had I known he had gotten the hole-in-one, I probably wouldn't have yelled at him. But you know. Luckily, the people in front of us were watching because there were people in front of them, and they were clapping for me. So thank, God they, a... thank God they saw it because otherwise I wouldn't believe you. Hey, I I picked it up right out of the hole right after. I mean, I believed you. I believed you because the guys were clapping, and it was evident that it happened. But I'm just saying, <laughs> had they not been there, there would have been some question about, you know, who, whether this was real or the not. Legitimacy of it, of the course. Validity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my favorite Christmas present. Um, a little torn here, but I I think I'm gonna stick with, uh, my favorite Christmas present is. I got a. It's called an ice cream canteen. Okay, so what it is is it's a it's a container like thing uh, that you put a pint of ice cream in, and it's essentially like a yeti for your ice cream, so that your ice cream doesn't melt. You, you it looks p- awesome. If I you, saw it when if, you opened if, it. It looks absolutely amazing. It it looks like a pint. It looks like a bigger version of a pint of ice cream. You put the pint right inside. It's got a seal on cap. And I think it's up to five hours. It'll keep it seven. the maybe it was seven. You know, maybe seven, seven, five or seven. It'll keep the ice cream completely frozen, as it as if it was in the freezer, like as if it just came out of the freezer, so you could eat it. Like, I'm I'm pumped about it. There's there's rumors pumped. that it can be brought to the beach and stay cold. And That's it. Says it says it right on the right on the thing. Great that would for be beach impressive. use. I know. I'm, we're we're gonna we're certainly gonna find out. Uh, oh, also, how how aggressive would that be? Just eating a pint of ice cream <laughs> right on the beach? Yeah. That's I, that's that's a power move, and I I can't wait to pull that off this summer. Could that's you my goal. Seeing some psychopaths at the beach eating a pint of ice cream and it not being melted. First of all, that psychopath. I, th- I would think is the guy would be me. A, I would think the guy's uh, into witchcraft. Probably, yeah. probably. Well, you have to get Saint the uh, you have to get the alcohol based uh, ice cream just to really yeah, yeah. shove it to the beachgoers. Wow, that would be that that would be a double power move, but a real a real rum raisin. <laughs> a real rum raisin. I I definitely am going to eat it on the beach this summer. Like a million percent that's going to happen. So that was my favorite gift cuz it's unique and it's going to be interesting to see how it how it works. Uh all right, let's get into some St. John's basketball. That's why we're here. Uh unfortunately, I know we've been avoiding it because it was disappointing, but uh our second Big East game of the year didn't go as well as our first. It was a 78-63 to loss against the Villanova Wildcats. Uh, poor, poor, poor performance by St. John's. We, paid, we played like 
17 minutes of good basketball, and then we played 23 minutes of the absolute worst basketball we've played all year. Just to give you some of the numbers, St. John's from the field, 36%, 27 of 75. That number is super low. Three-point percentage, even worse, 24% from three. We only hit six of the 25 we took. With a number that low against a team like Villanova, we're, you know, we're looking at struggling if that field goal percentage isn't up elsewhere. Uh, 50% from the free throw line, three of six. We did win the rebound battle, uh, 42 to 38. Uh, we did lose the turnover battle, though. Villanova had 11, and St. John's had 12. Villanova, though, they they just they also had a great game. I mean, we can't can't deny that fact. 48% from the field, 32% from three, 94% from the free throw line. They only missed one shot. Um, you know, I, I, before we get into the guys' individual numbers, guys, I I just it was upsetting because this is a game we could have won, uh, but we just looked so awful from the from like the under four in the first on uh, that we didn't deserve to win this game. Yeah, uh, we like you said, we just we looked so promising in the first half up until the under four, and it was like, all right, like we're gonna go into halftime, and you know we were up like I think we were we were up like eight or something like that. Yeah, in the first half. And then all of a sudden they started cutting into it and cutting into it. And then I was like, all right, now we're only going to go into half down. You know, I don't know how much we were down at half. We were down four at half. Um, And it was like, all right, like, you know, but this is us. This is St. John's. We're a second half team. We're good. Right. And then we forgot how to play St. John's. We we, we didn't come out of the locker room. To credit, I do want to give credit to Villanova because usually, seemingly, usually what teams do against us is we speed them up. And we get them to go on the transition and right. then force them a bad shot. Mm-hmm. They would break our press, get all the way down there, and then have a wide open shot on the three or a close two, and then pull it back out. Yeah, and then very, make us very work for 25, 27 seconds, and then they'll get a, you know, either a, a really good shot or a made shot. They are, they were they were so disciplined, particularly in the second half, and that's that was part of the problem for us is is when the other team doesn't. When we don't don't control the pace and they don't buy into our, you know, fast movements, it, it's it's hard to beat a team who shoots as well as Villanova shoots, uh, which is what happened here. Tough day for our starters. There's the normal starters, but Soriano, the only one in double digits, had another double double, naturally as Mister Double Double does. Seventeen points, thirteen rebounds, four blocks for him, which was nice. Three for three from free throw line, once again perfect there. Everybody else had kind of a mediocre day. Jones had nine points, eight rebounds. Mathis had eight points. Alexander and Curbella both had six points. Uh, great day off the bench, though. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention AJ Store. Fifteen points, three of five from three. He's a guy who's shown flashes, and I think he's going to get more minutes here against any Big East play. And I think this game is going to be that kind of push to start getting AJ Store more minutes. Yeah, with this, with this game, guard play, which I thought never thought I would say this year with who we have as guards, yeah, was our weakness. Our starting that's, guards of uh, Posh, Curbelo, and Mathis, nine for thirty-four from the field. That's horrendous. That's really bad. Now I got to tell you though, I did want Posh every time. He took a lot of, he took a lot of open shots, and I really wanted him to get going. You know. Yeah, I mean, he shot four threes. He missed them all, but I, I'm I'm liking that he's taking 
the three again. I get now, it. I'd like him to take some better threes. Yeah. But <laughs> I wish would, that would be nice. I wish he would have shot a little more when we were playing lesser opponents. To get to get, get a shot in motion? Yeah, that would, that would be yeah. good. But we, we were, we've been waiting this whole season for him to start being willing to shoot the three. Now yeah. we got to get him set shooting the three. He, we don't need him shooting the three off the dribble. That's, he, I think you're right. I think he would benefit yeah. a lot from that. Not that's what he was, and that's what he was doing at the DR. Right. We, was, we were passing around and we were creating open spots for him to shoot three, and we need to do that again for him to get comfortable. But we don't need him trying to create and shoot three. He's not. He's not Jones. Jones can do that. Jones can do the simple double between the legs, step back, shoot the three, and he's a lefty too, so it's even nicer looking. Store. Great game. Uh, loved Absolutely. everything he did. Yeah. Three for Before five. Every game looks better and better. He really it, does. He has the utmost confidence in his jumper. And then a- after the Nova game, he's sh- next couple days, he's shooting in the gym again. He he, he looks like he's like uh, D'Angelo Harrison shooting out there with his uh, effort to sh- learn and develop a shot. Yeah, no, he's done, a, he's done a really great job of coming on strong, particularly at the end of non-conference and, and obviously in this game. And I really do think, now listen, I'm also hoping that he, he can be a nice addition to the team that kind of gives us an extra boost. But I, I also truly think that he's going to be the guy now that can come on and all of a sudden he's another element for us that we, we, you know, we could have used in this game had our starters been up to the normal level that they were. Uh, and I, I think, you know, if we can get that guy... We can we can play in some great you know great stuff. Uh, just to give you some of the the Nova really killed it. I mean we talked about their numbers before, but they have four guys in double digits. Eric Dixon led the way, eighteen points. You know we talked about them last episode, and listen, they're on the rise, right? People are a little bit hung up, I think, on their early conference on their early non conference where they lost some silly games, but they're not that same team anymore. They're a good Villanova team again, and. You know, unfortunately for us, it came on at at the wrong time because we, you know, we ran into them straight when it was when they were back to where they where they should have been at the beginning of the season. Yeah, with more, you can see physically he's a lot more comfortable playing. Now you can see he he does make mistakes. He is a freshman. Uh, Longino played a lot better than I thought he was going to. And then on top of that, Dixon's a a small center, so. He's that weird combo. Now, it's also the reason we won the rebounds. Right, right. Because we had the size, so we were able to control it. What I'm still very confused by is the rotation. Yeah, you know, we, didn't, we didn't get a lot of guys in. If, if we're having trouble with guard play, we're having trouble with our shot, why are we not bringing in either, Pinzone? either Pinzone or Colby? Why, why are we trying to, especially if 14 minutes into this game, we are dominating them, and we hit a slide going into the end of the first half. Right. Now, two minutes, two minutes of failing, it happens to everyone. It happens to everyone in every game. For sure. You have two minutes of just complete collapse of your offensive game. We got to the under four. We never countered the problem with our offense, just completely failing in the half court. 
And then we went into the second half, and we just shit the bed again. Yeah, we didn't change anything, which kind of hurt us. And, and like you said, we only had three guys come off the bench. We had Wusu come off, we had Storch come off, and then we had Stanley come in. Pinzone didn't play at all. I mean, you know, previous games, obviously we were up by a lot more points. You were going to get a lot more guys in. But we have enough guys where we can get, you know, more consistent minutes out of some other people. I just – I I'm with you that the rotation was an interesting thing because it could have had a big impact on – the game, I think, anyway. I think, you know, we looked tired, right? We looked we looked out of it in the second half. But, you know, really? getting a guy like Kobe King in, getting a guy like, you know, Pinzone or, you know, uh, it, it, it adds a different element. It changes things up a little bit, gives it a different look. Uh, but I, we just, we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do that. And, you know, we ended up getting dominated in the second half. I, I was surprised if we were going to get stuck in this half-court offense and fail in it, why not bring in Stanley to have play next to Soriano? They all can move. They all can do motion, set good picks. Yeah. Both of them can do it. Yeah, why not Stanley have is a guy who could have gotten double picks come sure. through and create more offense in the half-court? Now, through the season – Anderson has done a great job coming out of the second half. He has. He has. And it seemed like he had the prep for this game plan, and it went good for the first 14, and then they had no fix to it. Yeah, it seemed like he just stuck with his, stuck with game plan from the jump. And, and which, we always do. Which, well, I mean, first, we've looked the first great 14 coming out of second half. looked amazing. So. Yeah, because we play we play our game, and, and we, the thing is, we get people to buy into our game in the second half. The problem is that's that true. That's true. There is a we bit never, of we never change our game plan. We always are run and gun transitional. That's true. But, but in the but second we, half, we, we run do a, zone sometimes as well. well we yeah, do, yeah, but that's but one we, of our regular. We, plans. More importantly, in the second half, what we do is we, like you said, Nick, we actually get people to buy in more in the second half, and, and making that push. Now the answer is when that doesn't happen, you do need to switch something up, right? Whether it is switching to the zone or whether it's you know. Switching, putting in guys like Stanley and going big, but I, you know, we didn't do that in this game. And listen, obviously, it was a tough loss. It was a disappointing loss. Um, but fortunately, at the end of the day, it's only one loss. <laughs> so yeah. you know, as as not to whatever, it, not to it's knock a big it. It's teaching but lesson. Yeah, I, I do. I think it was a it it was a game for us that went absolutely terribly and showed what happens when we play at perhaps our worst. So let's learn from it, move on from it, and now we head into the rest of the Big East season. And, you know, I, I think that's the best thing we can do about this game because there's certainly no real positive except maybe A.J. Stewart coming off the bench. Uh, and yeah. that's, you know, you just got to walk away from it. So Hey, and Soriano getting another double-double. I mean, that is a positive. Although we do have to mention, by the way, that I understand that, you know, we're, we're perceived as a more aggressive team, a team that fouls a lot, and Villanova has had this reputation for like a million centuries that they don't foul anybody yeah i find it extraordinarily hard to believe i know it's i know it didn't even happen because i watched the game we we didn't only get fouled six times or three times in this entire game we only had six while shooting i know we had six free throws we didn't there was a lot of times where they let a lot of things play both ways but then they would tack on our foul at the end that's fair they they would just let it go I do always kind of expect that against Villanova, and even though you're right, that is wrong. Um, 
it, it normally that's an issue, like particularly in close games. But unfortunately, here I think we lost in every element of the game. No idea, except I just, for rebound. I want to mention it. Not a bad mention. Not a bad mention. All right, with that loss, we move to one and one in the Big East. Just to give you an idea where the Big East sits right now. You've got UConn and Providence at the top, uh, and then no, sorry, you've got UConn, Providence, and Xavier at the top, currently at two and zero. Oh. Uh, then there's Villanova, who's played. The, this was actually their first Big East game, so they're one and zero. Then Marquette has a loss. Creighton has a loss. We have a loss now. Uh, and everybody else, Butler, DePaul, Georgetown, Seton Hall, have zero wins. So <laughs> right now we're right in the middle, uh, obviously still early on. And we played that first you know, Big East game way ahead of everybody else. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. All right, let's talk player of the week now, or spotlight player of the week. I think this week, after a terrible game, only one game, I think it's easy. It's got to be Joel Soriano, double-double once again. 17 points, 13 rebounds, 4 blocks. You could go A.J. Store, 15 points off the bench. He's not bad, but you guys told me I was wrong last week when Wusu had 20 off the bench. He didn't deserve it. So I just wanted to play into your guys' hand there. Okay, so, well, this week, Soriano didn't go 23-12. and 12. He went 17 and 13. No, Soriano 14 blocks, another, 4 blocks. Soriano had another great game. I'm actually going to change mine this week. To AJ Store scoring fifteen and eighteen minutes. Sure, sure. This week it's different. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I think uh, you know. But for Joel Soriano, we we don't. The game doesn't even look as good as seventy eight sixty three. No, it would have been. Dixon no. would have scored a lot more. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think this week you got to give it to him. I think I'm gonna have to go with Soriano. There you go. Uh, he was just the one I mean, week I don't, don't take. Me, I'm on don't the winning side. I'm on the winning AJ, side this AJ, week. AJ Store was absolutely huge factor. Uh, to your to your point, Vincent, without AJ Store getting 15 points and shooting three from five from the three, we're not. Actually, I think I just talked myself into AJ Store. I was talking about Soriano. I know. I said I think I just talked myself into AJ Store. Went three from five from three. That's the only reason why they were scared at all. He made half our threes. The only reason why they were looking for anybody at the three-point line, trying to open it up at all, was when O.J. Store was out there. But they did always have to watch out for Soriano in the middle, and they did double him every time. And he still went 7-4-12. I think I re-talked myself back into Soriano, <laughs> so I'm going to stick with Soriano. You're a man of commitment, Nick. You're a man of commitment. I'm, I'm yeah. Don't ever let him tell you you're not. <laughs> I think, all right, there it is, two to 2-1. Sorry, Tim, you lose this week. Now you know how I felt last week. Uh, Joel Soriano, your Spotlight Player of the Week. All right, let's get into this coming week here. Huge week for St. John's basketball. Number 22, Xavier, will be visiting Carneseca on Wednesday at 9 p.m. You can also watch on Fox Sports 1. Xavier coming in 10-3. Uh, their team, I think, is significantly underrated. Uh, they're currently on a six-game win streak. Their three losses all year uh, have all been against ranked opponents. They lost to Indiana, they lost to Duke, and they lost to Gonzaga. They're a team who can just flat-out score. They've got five guys who average double digits. They're led by Sole Boom. He averages 17 a game, 53% from the field, 53% from three, and almost five assists per game. The man's just a monster. Kobe Jones, 14, almost 15 points a game, also 6-6. Six to six. That's before you even get to Jack Nungy and Zach Fremantle, who are both averaging 14 points and 
seven and a half rebounds. And then they also have Adam Kunkel averaging ten and a half. Listen, as a team, they can score a lot of points, uh, and they do it very well. They're 51% from the field as a team. That's fifth best in the nation. 41% from three, which is sixth best in the nation. They're first in terms of assists per games with, listen to this, over 21 assists per game on average. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, we're going to have our hands full on Wednesday. There's no no doubt about it. This is a huge game for us, though, because it's in Karnaseka. We're obviously coming off of a, a disappointing loss. And if we want to be a real tournament contender and we want to be as good as we certainly think this team is, this is a game we have to win. This is definitely a must-win game. Um, I do disagree with you on the fact that they're underrated. Uh, I think maybe slightly. I think they may be like the 15 to 20 range, but I think they're pretty appropriately rated. They're a very good team, but they, they haven't played great competition. And the competition they've played to, the good ones, they lost. I mean, listen. So they, they, have, they have as much to prove as we do. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I think, I think they – Listen, they lost. They certainly lost to Indiana and Duke and Gonzaga, right? Which is three of the big games that they played. They beat West Virginia, who's a good team. Uh, Florida is a, a, a solid team. Florida's a solid team. Cincinnati's okay. Uh, Cincinnati's only okay. They're okay. Uh, listen, they handled the teams in the Big East so far that they're supposed to handle. They beat this is a game all by for both three points. Us, so okay, that means they won. Yeah. They did what that's they were supposed handling. to do. That's not handling them. Well, I mean, it's handling their business. They're doing Seen what they have to do. Three. Handling, handling them, meaning that they they did what they were supposed to do. They won. They won the games they're supposed to win. So that's far. not what handling when you handily beat an opponent. That's not. I didn't say handily beat them. I said they handled, they handled their, their business. They handled their business. That means they we'll, won. We'll, we'll refer back on the, when the podcast actually drops what you said. We can we can listen back to it. Now. I said they handled their teams. Uh, anyway, regardless, regardless, they I think they're a team that's underrated. Uh, I do. I listen. They they lost to Gonzaga, sure, but they lost by four points to Gonzaga on a close close calls there at the end. They lost by seven points to Duke. Uh, I this is they lost by two points to Indiana. Uh, I mean, listen, they all went the wrong way, but that's first of all, it's early on in the season that that happened. You know, they're a team that I think is going to do a lot of damage in the Big East, and they're a team that it's going to go far in the tournament. So. It's, it's, it's a rough game for us because we, we kind of need to win it, and they're a really good team. We, we are both teams that when we versed top talent, we've lost. We lost right, against Iowa fair. State, and we just lost against Nova. They, as you said, those, they lost to those three teams and then beat talent that's either going to be on the cusp of maybe getting a tournament spot or just missing. So... It's really a telltale game for both of us. Whoever comes out of this is going to have that little flag on their uh, half for a little bit saying, okay, we got over that first hump. That's true. Yeah, it would I, be a real big first win. I think we're – I will be – I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode too. Um, I, I think – I do think Xavier's a good team. Don't get me wrong. I, in saying that, I think they're not underrated. Uh, I do think they're a good team. But – it, this is the team that's going to be we're going to be fighting with all year for, I would like to say the three spot in the in the conference. So uh, as to your point, it's going to be a very very big game for both teams. Um, I think largely this game is going to come down to the matchup between Soriano and Jack Nunji. Um, Jack Nunji being, you know, at Xavier for six hundred years now. 
Um, he knows he, the well. Actually, it's it's a new offense. So. He started college when Nick started college. He's now continuing. Yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack Nunji actually uh, started basketball when Xavier was with the A10. Well, yeah, Jack Jack Nunji is obviously one of their has been one of the best players for their inception of their university. Um, and him being a seven footer is obviously going to be a, a very big matchup. Certainly yeah. is. I gotta say one thing that leans in our favor though, St. John's fourth in the nation. We are in terms of rebounds per game. We average forty two point six. Xavier, one hundred and eleventh. They only average thirty seven point three rebounds per game. So that's a number that we really have to drive up. Uh, if we if we want to win this game, and it's a number we obviously have a huge advantage at. So, unfortunately, their their field goal and three point shooting percentage is much higher than ours. So let's hope yeah. we drive those numbers down. Well, look at Boom. Boom is coming from UTEP, as Conference USA team. He has transferred his talents right into the Big East with no problem. We've seen several times where these guards that shoot really good uh, from three point in small market teams come to the Big East, and they do not succeed. So you're he saying is, he's due for a clunker. Is that what you're saying? It happens to everyone. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> I hope so, because said we certainly could use one from him. I can actually see us going big in this game. Sorry, keep going. Oh, but we have the guard play that should be able to lock him up. So this is the time for our guard play to bounce back, come up, and just cause chaos. Now, he's probably going to hit at least two threes. But for that sure. line's available for uh, anyone on FanDuel or DraftKings. <laughs> but get your bets in now. Look at it. We got Nunji's seven foot. Freemal is what six ten, six nine, somewhere in that range. He's six nine. I thought he was. I thought he was leaving the team anyway, so I'm not even sure why he's here anymore. Decided <laughs> nope. to come back. But hey, Sean Miller's always made bad decisions in life, so hopefully he does one on the court. Probably for paid us, him. So, yeah. Definitely pay him. Hey, he's cleared now. He can do anything he wants. He can rack up all the violations. Well, well, yeah, no, what we should do is have students in the stands show up books. <laughs> Every time he yells, sign on the court, we all raise books in our hands. I think that's a little and, too. Uh, I think you got to explain that. I think you got to yeah. explain that one a little bit there. Too. Okay. Explain that one. So, the, his assistant novice. coach that took all the heat for him because he's walking away scot free besides losing his job at Arizona. His assistant coach, Book Richardson, took the blame for everything, even though Miller was on recording. Miller was recording. Saying, yeah. Pay what you need to get, uh, what was it, DeAndre Ayton, I think? Yes, DeAndre Ayton was the player. Yeah. What was it, $100,000 man, I think it was? Something like that. Somewhere in that range. But, yeah, uh, he he buried his own assistant coach to cover his own ass. So He certainly did. I certainly yeah. did. So, well, we'll see. We'll see on Wednesday night. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, uh, and if we win it, it's going to be a sloppy game. So let's root for a sloppy game because that's what we definitely need. All right. Following that, on Saturday at noon, we play Seton Hall, uh, also on Fox Sports One, as part of the big, big uh, New Year's Day for the Big East. Uh, Seton Hall down from where they normally are. Uh, you know, they're seven and seven on the year. Uh, they just lost to Marquette. They haven't won a game yet in the Big East. They're 0-3. Uh, it's, obviously, it's the first year of Shaheen, Shaheen Holloway, so there's going to be growing pains. You had Kevin Willard there for so long. Transitioning is never easy, and you know, I think this team is a clear example of that. You know They've got some pieces, but this is a team that we certainly should beat, 
uh, if we want to, if we are the team we think we are. Um, they're led by Al Amar Dawes, who leads the team with only 11 points per game, so they're not a super high-scoring team. Uh, and Tyrese Samuel leads the team in rebounding with six a game. This is definitely a matchup that we, on paper, should win, and with our guys compared to their guys should win. However, there is always the curse of the Prudential Center. We are 0-7 in our last games there. We have not won in the Prudential Center since 2014. We did beat them last year, but that was at Walsh Gym. Bring us back to Walsh, baby. Yeah, we'd love to play back there again. Uh, but no, we, we have not won at the Rock since 2014, and we haven't even looked good there in quite some time. So, you know, there is a little bit of that. I know these players haven't necessarily experienced all seven of those, uh, but certainly for us fans, there's always that kind of in our back set, right? The, the phantom whistle. Uh, not the phantom whistle, I shouldn't say. The, the whistle on an out-of-bounds play that didn't go out-of-bounds, which cost us the game. The that Justin Burrell. Well, right, that they reviewed and, and got wrong. The Justin Burrell fight, the Steve Lavin getting kicked out in the game. You know, it, it's a place that doesn't end well for us. So even though this is a Seton Hall team, on paper we should beat, it's always a little scary to see, you know, what happens when we go into the Rock. Well, it's definitely and a rivalry a, oh, game. Oh, yeah. We got that Hudson River rivalry, they call it. And they get up for it. A lot of these people get up for it. I mean, I remember back when, when I was a manager, we really did not like Seton Hall. That's when they had... Uh, That's when they were really good. They, they were Delgado, ranked. They had all those really good guys. We yeah. were good, too. And that was a real hard right. rules rivalry. Yeah. yeah hey, DJ didn't like him either, so... Right, yeah. It was yeah. his favorite Close team the in the show. East. I also think this is a bit of a trap game for us. You kind of sandwich between Xavier and Marquette. Obviously, Xavier, very, very good. Marquette receiving votes. They're both good teams, right? They're both teams we need to be concerned about. And... Being in the middle of those two games, you could see where on paper, where we look at this game, we go, we're going to win this game, no problem. But again, the being in the Prudential Center, with it on New Year's Eve, it's got the smell of a trap game. And that makes me nervous because we, we didn't look great against Villanova. We're going to be coming off of a big game against Xavier. Which St. John's team shows up is what I think will really determine who wins this game. Now listen, in size, listen, Soriano's going to have a double-double. And with him, hopefully, goes the rest of the starters. So, yeah, I, it's a perfect way to neutralize Nadefo. Yeah. Uh, my my worry is we always let one guard or uh, a wing destroy us against Seton Hall. My guess is that Kadari Richmond comes in, probably drops like sixteen, seventeen points against us. He would certainly be a guy who could do it. I mean, that's if we yeah. don't let Dawes go off, right? If both of them go off, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, I like Kod- I mean I I think Adari Richmond's a is a really good player. I think he's kind of the guy we have to worry about a little more. So I think Trey Jackson is another guy we're gonna have to watch out for. He's he's six ten, uh, weighs like two fifteen ish. Uh, he he comes off the bench for them a lot. And between him and Nadefo, I believe is how you pronounce him. Don't yep. crucify me if I pronounced it wrong. Um, between those two, I think they're gonna give a lot of um, relief to Therese Samuel, who's going to be guarding probably Soriano most of the game. And, you know, that that three coalition they have, and I, I think those are all pre- they're pretty solid guys for them, for, for Seton Hall. Again, you know, they're, they're not having the best season so far in the Big East, at least. Um, they got a new, like Shaheen Holloway's first season. So they're, they're trying new offenses, trying new things out. 
You never really know how they're going to be. But I, I don't think this is a team that's going to fold as easily as we hope them to. Well, this is also not the first time the Defos played us. True. When he was at St. Peter's last year, he played us. He is a carryover. It's with not the first time he's first. Yeah, it's also not the first time he's versed our our big man, Mister Double Double. Yeah. Well, sorry, Well, he's I mean, the only one that's fair. But the talent that was in that St. Peter's team, obviously, they had a great run and, and they had good talent, but. Uh, he didn't have as many big guys around him, which could cause more trouble for us, like Nick talked about down hey, low against Soriano. One for five against Soriano last year. So Listen, we got to hope let's he puts hope up the same performance. <laughs> yeah, let's hope that stays true. One thing to note, especially after we're going to be playing Xavier, who is first in the country in assists, Seton Hall, rem- rem- just a quick reminder, Xavier had – over 21 a game, 21 points. Over 21 assists per game. Over 21 assists per game. Seton Hall has 11.8, and that's tied for 363rd. Yikes. So that's going to be a, a real juxtaposition between Wait, 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 whoa, 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 364. Tied for 363rd. Well, it's, you know, certainly a big swap from being uh, first in the nation to being last in the nation. So it'll, hopefully we'll have to adjust how we react to assists from Wednesday to Saturday, but hopefully we'll get there. All right, well, um, that'll do it for this episode. Let's hope we head into 2023 with a 13-2 and record, having won both games this week. Uh, we'll have to see. But Happy New Year's, everybody. For Tim and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing. <laughs>